0: Write
1: that. Write that down. Fumisaito. All right, welcome back, everyone. Down, Hello from Burbank. I'm Justin Nipper. Welcome back to another episode of Write That Down. We're on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm back with Fumi Saito, and today, what we talked about, we talked about Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch, and I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with not just Dick Murdoch and his career in the states but much of his career and success was over in japan and not just for new japan it was all japan it was jwa it was koksai wrestling it was fujiwaragumi wing iwa and so forth he was a true freelancer felt like Uh, freelance attitude lonesome rider we talked about his work in the states too of course and we talked about him and dusty texas outlaws we talked about the hardliners we talked about how he made moves like Brainbuster famous and the calf branding the the knee to the back of the head he made that famous but what we didn't focus on we didn't focus on the rumors that have gone on for years about dick murdoch's Alleged racism. Uh, Apparently there was a rumor that's been around for years that he was a member of the KKK now While it's hearsay, I Can't I don't I'm not defending it. I just can't prove anything about uh, this fellow dick Murdoch and from that perspective, that's why we just focused on his wrestling his career Um, we want this to be enjoyable for you and we want this to be, I mean this is definitely something to be talked about and there is a discourse to be had on wrestler behavior, especially back then Um, and of course if these rumors were true, it does change a lot of things and personally I wouldn't have any desire to discuss someone like that regardless of how talented they were, but since we don't know that, we didn't cover it. And that's why I'm telling you now, because I didn't want to avoid it either. So that's the deal with that. If you have thoughts or you want to talk about more of this, email me, contact us. I just wanted to let you know that we're not talking about that on today's episode. We talked about the in-ring career and we always try to give you guys a little bit more of a Positive spin. We're trying to avoid the dark side of the ring, stees. Uh, so, again, if you have questions, comments, or you want to expound on on this area of Murdoch's life, let us know. But just up front, we're talking about his career, and if that makes you uncomfortable, I completely understand. But uh, in my mind, I've separated or, uh, excuse me, compartmentalized his Professional work with the rumors of what may or may not have been said or done. That's for you to decide for right now. All right, if you have not already, please subscribe to the Fight Game Media Network podcast feed. It's on Apple and Spotify, Downcast. Stitcher, wherever you usually listen to your podcast, please hit the subscribe button. It helps us very much. Thanks for all the kind words lately. Thank you for the support. All right, without further ado, let's talk Captain Redneck, Dick Murdoch. Yes. Life and times of Dick Murdoch. Redneck Dick Murdoch.
2: I say in America, he was just Dick Murdoch in Japan. Mm. Madoku.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Madoku. Yes. Madoku,
2: right. yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the vowel sound, you know, mm. at the end. But he was a very important figure in all through seventies and eighties, well into nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh, another wrestler, just like, you know, last time we talked about Adrian Adonis. the today's fans, you know. Probably don't know who he is, and well, he he passed away back in nineteen ninety six, and uh, a, a type of wrestler that you know we should really you know talk about because his legacy and and the importance and uh, the influence you know into today's wrestling has been so overlooked. His mm-hmm. the whole career has been yeah pretty much overlooked. And, uh, yeah, he was so talented and he was said early on that he, this guy was going to be NWA, you know, national wrestling Alliance, world heavyweight champion, kind of like Hardy race was. Mm. And, uh, yeah, when what's well, that it's like today's audience, you know, cause I'm, I want to, you know, aim this, this kind, this kind of topic to some of today's audience that nwa that the national wrestling alliance once once upon a time was the closest thing to undisputed world title or the monopoly in wrestling business before vince mcmahon's era right
1: yeah it's not like uh whatever the billy corgan uh group is doing right now oh
2: no no that, that but they they, it's, you it's, know no, they know this legacy well enough that, that yes. they want to be. It's and, really and they're calling it like the oldest wrestling organization in the world.
1: And same same type of belt and aesthetic, but yeah, yeah. and then logos you're talking and about studio is...
2: wrestling and all, yeah, like a very much like a retro style, you know, the whole atmosphere. But the wrestling was like that, you know, mm-hmm. way back when.
1: Yeah, and and when, what the time you're talking about? This is also before. WWF WWE was i think So this was this was pro end up territory pro wrestling. Yeah, and if yeah, you're the territorial, champ, territorial. Yeah, you were big all over the world, everywhere.
2: Oh, pretty much, yes. And Dick Murdoch was born 1946,
1: mm. one year after World War II. Right, right. Baby boomer. Guy. So he's a baby boomer.
2: Baby boomer, definitely. And also Waco, Texas. Right. Mm. It's like like not Houston or Dallas, like a big big city, you know. But the more, your genuine, you know, Texan. I mean, everything's big in Texas. Texas, Texas. Yeah. Texas, Texas. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. And talks like like a southern Texas, Hmm. really. His accent and language and everything. Hmm. And also, he was second generation wrestler. Dick Murdoch was. Um, his actually his father, but stepfather, fr, you know, Frank, Frankie Murdoch was a wrestler. <clears throat> okay. We, we we'll start with this Dick Murdoch, you know, was born 1946, mm-hmm. ab, that the uh, August 16th, At the same time, you know, in this deep, you know, Amarillo, the, the, the Canyon, Texas area, Dory Funk, Dory Funk Jr see dory funk jr was born 1941 terry funk was born 1944 so a couple years younger than terry funk dick murdoch was and dory funks and terry funk's father dory funks we call him dory funk senior but at the time he was dory funk period right father dory funk was running amarillo texas territory was now we're talking about territory days of wrestling mm-hmm. you see there was see uh Paul Bosch's big Houston territory in Texas and Joe Blanchard Tully Blanchard's father running San Antonio Texas hmm. and Amarillo Texas Dory Funk is running his territory and decades later Von Erichs in Dallas of course you know hmm. and the Texas is big enough to have like a four always had like a four or five different full-time wrestling companies with their own roster Interesting, you know, not not there, when there was no national run, you know, like a running. I mean, like like WWE or today's AEW. That the, ge, ge, according to your geographic area, you did have local wrestling, and it was fairly big enough that they had they ran full time schedule, and they had their group of wrestler roster. They used to call a stable of wrestlers, mm. and Dory uh, Funk was running the uh, amorello and the surrounding area as as, as they you in know, his territory running full-time schedule with with their own guys and on top dory funk we should call a senior that dory funk senior against frankie murdoch dick murdoch father was uh, their main event card
1: so the and... funk family has a really uh it's important role in dick murdoch's career yeah
2: Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm I'm going to get to it. Mm. The main event one night was Dory Funk against Frankie Murdoch. Texas Deathmatch. match. Ah. That there's a couple of different theory to it, but the that the, the famous theory is that's where Texas death match was invented.
1: So, for those that aren't familiar with that term, so Texas Deathmatch match was it's a stipulation. You either has... pin,
2: pin for the guy or submit the guy once, right? Mm-hmm. And referee will start, you know, count, count like, a, you know, like a count of 10. If you get up before the count of 10, the match continues until you cannot beat the ten, count count 10. Now it, it evolved into last man standing match, Roman Reigns against Brock Lesnar or something.
1: Mm-hmm. So basically yeah, so... you have to be pinned and then get a 10 count or, submit. KO or something yeah. or so sure yes or
2: submit yeah the referee start counting you know if if this guy can get up if you can get up before the count of 10 match continues and there was a night you know they that the, the story funks company they only gave one match dory funk against frankie murdoch one just one match hmm. texas death match right to settle the score 13 falls each <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> how long was each that guy? in total oh i was i'm gonna, I'm gonna get to it on um, did the, the match one match lasted until four o'clock in the morning Oof. or until till the dawn
1: how's that so that's m- more like uh back in the original days of pro wrestling that matches yeah but uh, just forever.
2: imagine your you know professional wrestling with bar fight
1: yeah, that adds a different kind of flavor to the experience. And you're in Texas. Yeah, it's a, so you're you're you going to watch a f- what four hour brawl. That's it. That's what yeah, you're to-
2: yeah. And perfect Dory Funk Senior against Frankie Mordack. Mm. And this is what gets interesting. Dory Funk Junior. Today's Dory Funk. Uh, everybody think he's old, but the, when Dick Mordack and and Dory Funk met. Dory was nine years old and Dick Moore, like four years old. Wow. Four. <laughs> so they both grew up in, in, you know, in business, right? Hmm. And Hardy Race told me one time that uh, Dory Funk, see, Harley, when when Hardy Race was young, he spent a lot of time in, in Amalillo, Texas. Like they were brothers. Like right? Dory Funk, born 1941. Harley Race born 1943, Terry Funk born in 1944, as Race put it to me, that it, it goes like this, it goes like this, They're all a year and a half apart, okay. Dory, Race and Terry Funk, all one, one, one year and a half apart. They're like brothers.
1: Mm. And he's when... sort of the, uh, the unofficial Funk brother, yeah, growing up. Oh, definitely
2: and dory funk was uh, basically choose harley race to drop the belt when when he was NWA world champion i see yeah so dory funk harley race terry funk then dick murdoch couple years younger than them hmm. very makes interesting. sense. And yeah <clears throat> makes sense <clears throat> and also another famous tale is S- southwest texas state university state college
1: mm.
2: now it's agricultural tech right they changed uh, the texas a m yeah 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 but uh, it's the same school that they just changed name like 20 years ago but the west texas uh, university college state college state university just say let's just say southwest you oh, okay. had dory funk you had Terry Funk, you had Dusty Rose, you had Bobby Duncan, you had Bruce Brody, you had Stan Hansen, a little bit later, on, Manny Fernandez, the Tito Santana, the Barry Wyndham, the Ted DiBiase, the uh, Tully Blanchard, all those guys went to the same school. See, Not it's interesting a, it's
1: amazing to think who came through that school. To, it was so, as a fan, when you hear. Not
2: everybody about that. graduated, some did, some hmm. didn't.
1: And I, so, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think murdoch was even officially a student there was he uh actually he went to S- southwest for one
2: semester i see okay so <laughs> then yeah then he had attended football pla- practice but never went to classes i see yeah so, so he was there one semester so that does that make him alumni
1: <laughs> why not in this case why not yeah
2: yeah okay and he the funny story is he only attended school like a one semester but played alumni football games
1: (laughs) that's i think that's (laughs) the story i heard that yeah he played the alumni football games right but the the dusty rose that not just
2: dory and terry funk but the the stan hansen bruiser brody and you had like people like bobby Duncan and you know dusty rose in between and, and then you have Manny Fernandez, the Tali Blanchard, the Ted DiBiase, the, all, all these people, Tilo Santana. Oh my God. What mm. a lot of football team, right?
1: Yeah. And uh, when fans read, uh, read about that and hear about that over the years, there's so many fans that think that you, you have to go through first you do football, and then you <laughs> yeah. train for pro wrestling i but i
2: believe that they had pretty big football team like you know 70 sure. 80 guys you know
1: yeah, but also uh football was different as a business back then it was not the money making machine it is now and like we, an nfl right yeah uh, Wrestling was where money was, so that's why you had so many football players becoming wrestlers back then. I mean, it, it was a big right. financial. And only
2: a small number of people get drafted into NFL or when they had AFL or other, you know, smaller league. But uh, becoming football, I mean, professional football player, good thing. But what? How many seasons altogether? You know, mm-hmm. you only get to play about the five to seven years. If that, right, yeah, it's a limited it's a, uh, yeah, very it's limited shelf life, I think so, I think so. anyhow, the, the Dick Murak was like that, so he attended the Southwest for one semester, probably, and attended all, all the football practice, but the tale says he never went to classes, and when you, when you didn't you know make the classes, you're not in team either. right. right, not a you know, college thing, you know, eligible thing. But anyhow, the, the, he started uh, wrestling professionally also right out of high
1: school in 1964. Okay. Yeah. How old was so he? So he had to be what age? Like 20? Um, 20... Right out of high school, 64. So he's or, like, like 18, Yeah, because he was, he was
2: born in 1946.
1: So he was 18. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he right was young
2: oh he would have started you know when he was 16 you know i mean
1: Uh, by by that time when he was 18 19 how big was he by the was he already a big guy?
2: oh i'm the same size yeah
1: okay so he was pretty yeah that uh, the funny
2: story is the dory funk told me one time when when they met as a kid it looked exactly the same as dick mordack today (laughs) it's funny yeah i mean i'm like a chubby kid
1: i but, you know, I don't know about you, but in, in my life, I feel like there's some kids you see and you look at them, you see an old face, you see an old soul in them already. You know already? I
2: mean? Yeah. Or not quite, I mean, like a cut bodybuilder body, you know, big boy, but like a kind of chubby. Natural you know? strength. Natural body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, all in all, the, the Dick Murdoch never lifted weight,
1: <laughs> you know? But he did look like a tough guy. He looked like a, Oh, yeah. Uh, somebody who could beat you up, and back then, yeah, and then
2: really tall and mm-hmm. heavy, heavy set, like natural 260
1: sixties-ish, f- 270 even athletic, like a football player.
2: Oh yeah, he was throwing drop kick, the flying mm-hmm. head scissors, and everything else.
1: And the and, uh, uh, the the he did the the knee to the head, the falling knee drop to the head. Ah, uh,
2: mm-hmm. the calf branding.
1: Calf branding. Okay, I didn't know it was. Yeah, called.
2: Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh that's yeah, that's kind of his, his. I'm not. Signature His yeah. thing, yeah I'm not sure If he invented it Or not But uh, he he really did that Right
1: mm.
2: cat branding
1: Sounds like a, a Texas a Texas name Texas move <laughs> yeah. Right
2: Yeah And uh, this like, As a kid Both Dory Funk Terry Funk And, and Dick Murdoch All witnessed Their fathers Doing Texas deathmatch Right mm-hmm. And in and the territory And uh, The first trip First Dick Murdoch's Young Dick Murdoch's First trip was 1968 so he's got he must be 22 okay yeah yeah with with people like dick the bruiser the buddy austin the uh, young hurley race and all and uh, then when he went to awa uh, um to become texas outlaws, texas
0: dirty outlaws. Dick
2: Mur- yeah dirty dick murdoch and dusty rose young mm. dusty rose heel young and was programmed against very similar You know, but the generation older, you know, real heavy set blonde, two blonde guy, Dick the Bruiser and the Krasha Rysalski.
1: Yeah, it's almost like um, both teams sort of mirrored each other's looks. Uh, Yeah, I think so. But
2: Dick Murdoch and Dusty Rose even taller. Same kind of chubbiness Mm -hmm. and short blonde hair. Yeah, bleach blonde hair. And and all played football, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, similar you know, beer-drinking brawl style, right?
1: hmm And that both yeah. had similar uh, down-south twang and dialect accent.
2: Yeah, and short black trunks. Yep, yep. <laughs> so, yeah, they, like you said, married each other, and really complemented each other. And I guess Dick Murdoch and the Crusher was, you know, getting a little older, mm-hmm. and Dusty Rose and Dirty Dick Murdoch was young, big, like a heel. You know, then, then
1: they had successful run. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV.
0: place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
2: Then, then uh, the reason we're talking about Dick Murdoch today was that, okay, 1964, to between 1964 and then he passed away in 1996. So he had 32-year career. 32-year wow. career.: Substantial. Yeah and out of 32 years he spent his 28 years in japan 28 28 years
1: in japan so, yeah so that's a you know people that he you know, like myself that i am familiar with dick murdoch and he had it runs all over the states but in japan too, yeah because he, he, he your... worked
2: like yeah crockett you know nwa crockett had a program against rick flair a little bit later on he worked with nwa florida that uh, uh texas of course he worked a lot of different places but the mainly he wanted to come to japan and spend like 15 to 20 weeks out of the year that's like four five months out of the year
1: that's a lot that's the you know just like a bruiser brody did and stan hansen later did yeah problems. he was doing it before stan and brody hmm
2: yeah the reason he wanted to come to japan was that uh, he thought it was a paradise because he didn't have to drive mm-hmm. that the tour bus does it for you right he never had to look for hotels or motel, motels for that night and and as you get off the tour bus that you already checked into hotel and then the keys handed Mm-hmm. right all you have to do is just you know think about your match tomorrow tonight and uh and a lot of times you know he kind of found uh you know that's kind of japanese culture but uh people come up to you and want to buy you dinner right mm-hmm. sure yeah so he's gotten used to it and it's like oh, wow and then then uh, he doesn't have to drive he doesn't have to find hotel and he doesn't have to do this and that like, and all you have to do is just show up at the you know, at the hotel lobby and get, get picked up by two of us, go to the building and work and come home. I mean, come back to the hotel and eat and do that for about three or four weeks. Then, you know, get paid real well and go home and get rest, you know, like a rest up and do that about four or five times a year for 28 year period. Uh, he was one of the wrestlers early on, like in mid seventies that like one of the candidates to become nw world heavyweight champion along with people like harley Rays and you know what well, terry funk got the belt for a year like uh, years before rick flair era but he didn't did not want to have world champion schedule town to town territory to territory airplane to airplane hotel to hotels that's not his thing
1: mm. Yeah. And so. you know, he didn't have to drive, so he could drink all of the beer he wanted
2: from Japan. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, and all the Kirin was... beer, Kirin beer, Asahi beer, the Sapporo beer. Do, do you remember Japanese bottle beers, like a really yes. long, tall, brown, you know, bottle beer?
1: Of course, yeah. That's what you usually get when you go to Japanese Izakaya and Izakaya, of like a your your Kirin own lager beer. Yeah you get uh, the bottle <laughs> of beer and the traditional the Japanese the small glass glasses bigger right. than a shot glass but um smaller
2: smaller than mug
1: yeah right. like uh three and a half four inches tall and you, you yeah
2: yeah the clear glasses right
1: and you I mean, take correct. the bottle uh, yeah. and when somebody's glass is empty you have to pay attention because you you should really be pouring and filling that small. you
2: observe that in japan huh you,
1: oh, I, I mean <laughs> if you don't do it if you don't do it i i don't <laughs> well i mean as a foreigner i feel like uh when you're living there either people no, are going no, to expect you culture. to know or they completely don't expect you to know and i when i was yeah, living there i never there were always you
2: say those are dozo dozo dozo
1: yeah especially uh, at uh, work that at too, work know. um out like a like bonenkai or something yeah bonenkai you explain that <laughs> yeah when you with your bosses or something yeah
2: year and and yeah the party thing you know yeah mm. bonenkai season in december coming up soon that's
1: right yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and but uh, so,
2: so, first time in three years after the pandemic. Oh yeah. Oh so my God. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're expecting big Bonenkai season this year. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so, imagine. you know, the Japanese izakaya situation, you actually, it's like a bar and grill, So you sit and drink and
1: eat. Mm-hmm.
2: Eat but not there, like an
1: entree. Dish. It's just a lot of oh, small like dishes. Through.
2: Yeah. 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 Like a appetizer forever.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like you're having a chat. You're you're hanging out with friends, or you're at Go Corn or something. And
2: yeah, it's like you're having like a buffalo wing forever. Yeah, uh, yeah. the French fries forever. Nachos again. Then after nachos and yeah, it's kind of like that. But the, the lifestyle, you know, after you know after the show, you get on the bus again. And you know, go back to the hotel, and then drop your bags off. Okay, let's find a place to eat, and you end up going to izakaya because it's kind of late at night. Mm. Mm. And uh, Dick Murdoch apparently loved that style. You know, just like I'm going to Japan, right? And uh, not having like a full, ever having full-time schedule in in the states side, he ended up coming to Japan like a four or five times a year for 28-year period mm-hmm. and what's interesting was that he worked all japan oh, okay first he worked jwa nippon Progressing. wow
1: so he was there from with the funks from early
2: on yeah jwa like a now defunct you know original company mm-hmm. then he worked international iwe you know also defunct uh older company he came in with dusty young dusty roses texas outlaws then he had pretty pretty much full-time schedules with all japan Jan Baba's all japan mm-hmm. and at one point he beat jumbo tsura for un title so he was in the line of long program don't you think
1: mm. and it's funny he's kind of r- roughly the same sort of size as Jumbo. yeah exactly yes and
2: also char regular challenger for Baba's pwf title pacific mm. wrestling federation title
1: kind of a you perfect know, opponent for baba too um yeah the way dick murdoch tall, was,
2: big american and work kind of slow pace and can take a big
1: almost comical right ride. right take bump for you, you yeah think. lots of lots of uh, f- uh really athletic movement real athletic from somebody yeah. wouldn't expect to see you see that from but
2: and not exactly bodybuilder body but they, this this guy
1: can move Mm-hmm. Uh, working you, class man, working class body and
2: Yeah, and when you want to have when you want to have good wrestling match, he'll do it. Mm-hmm. When you want to have more comedy oriented match, he can do it. Mm. And he had this fifty different way to get out of headlocks. I mean, uh, very yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, probably learned from his father or oh, by watching their fathers. Mm. Uh, so he, if you remember. Japanese wrestling, if it's old Japan or New Japan, they never have promos or no. the backstage skit or anything like that, that they just come out and wrestle and they, they tape the, the house shows for television. Mm. <clears throat> so all you do is actually go in the ring and have a wrestling match. Sometimes they grab house mic and say c- certain things, but the storyline in Japan is very, very subtle. Like you wanna challenge for the title and stuff like that. And his ment men, um, his mentor, Killer Carl Cox, is the one who taught him how to do this, You know, like a vertical sit down brain buster. Oh, that's
1: right. He was the that the first time I heard that term was when I was watching. Brain it. buster. Yeah, brain buster. That's I associate with yeah,
2: that because w- uh, the form is just like your b- vertical suplex. Mm-hmm. And go into the move just like vertical suplex, but you don't throw it backward. He kind of hold it for a long time until people start clapping. Mm. Then you kind of sit down like formal pile driver, right. Therefore Brainbuster. Right. He got that from Killer Carl Cox, and he had to be either 73 or 74. Jan Baba, you know, put together a single match between Dick Murdoch and Killer Carl Cox in japan mm-hmm. american against american
1: and carl cox was also kind of same size as murdoch too yeah
2: yeah but the generation
1: older uh well, they were they were related right uh i don't know uh, i i thought i heard something that they were cousins or the, the the definite cousins dick murdoch and killer tim brooks maybe that's what i'm thinking killer tim it's yeah. the killer th- t- Tim Brooks. Yeah,
2: yeah. Okay. Killer Tim Brooks was trained by his cousin, Dick Murdoch. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. what I'm mixing it up. Excuse the me. All Texans.
1: <laughs> all Texans. Yeah. All, and all yeah. had good yeah. careers yeah. in Japan.
2: Yeah. And Killer Carl Cox against Dick Murdoch. I remember as a kid vividly that they, of course, double juice and the, the, the double DQ or something, or the, the double counters or something they didn't have finished. But the, what they did was very interesting at the end. They had this stereo, brainbuster in the ring one i believe was teenage onita getting it. Uh-huh. and the other i don't remember maybe like a young masafuchi or somebody but the two young wrestlers nothing to do with this match but uh, that the uh, after the you know double count or the double DQ, that, that the brawl continues right and all the young wrestlers you know like a top bottom you know like a tracksuit all the young second come in to break up the fight right but they're still fighting and they ended up doing a, the same signature brain buster in two different places in the ring like a stereo brain buster it looks so good.
1: Hmm. Are you picturing it? Yeah it's kind of like a perfect story just happened to be the perfect perfect timing. Yeah perfect, exact same uh, looking
2: brain yeah like a vertical and you hold the guy so long like upside down.
1: Harley Race it. used to do that too. He was one of the the guys that would kind of do the stalled suplex like that, right? Did he? Do
2: right, that? right. Hold the guy for a long time. That's right.
1: not not the brainbuster move, but the the vertical suplex where
2: Vert- vertical suplex. Yeah, right. Yeah, pose not, it. Uh, exact opposite is Dynamite Kid's snap suplex. That's quick yeah, one.
1: yeah, that's a good yeah, uh, analogy. The,
2: right, that's exactly opposite. But. Uh, old fashioned american heavyweight guy would do this vertical vertical holding guy upside down for a real long time for the uh, for the audience far away you know what i'm saying that's right yeah show yeah. showing what you're doing yeah and it has to be that the wrestling has the moves has to be you know have to be something that it's understood by audience far away
1: yeah and it's, it's a giant baba
2: school of wrestling
1: yeah it's hard to see what you're doing if you're uh, on the mat uh, grappling trading holds, headlocks, uh, leg locks. It's without Yeah, and the then also television. they were, yeah. you
2: know, the old-fashioned wrestling. Well, I, I was going to say old-fashioned wrestling school, but the school of wrestling, not a wrestling school, wrestling school. But right, the, right, right. The old-fashioned wrestlers were told to do it in the middle of the ring, not the side of the ring or the by the corner or by the turnbuckle. Bring your yourself and your opponent back into the middle of the ring and do it wwe still does it today you bring your match into the middle center of the ring always mm-hmm. you can do certain things in corner certain thing by the rope by the apron but eventually you know 10 15 seconds you know seconds later you have to bring your match into the middle center of the ring
1: yeah you have to make sure that the uh, fans realize that this win couldn't be disputed it was in the center of the ring the
2: <laughs> yeah so that's, you know, once you know it, you know, you watch even today's match, oh, they're doing it still today. You know, mm-hmm. so it's a lot to learn. Anyhow, back to Dick Murdoch, so, so young Dick Murdoch in 20s into 30s, you know, Dick Murdoch, the, working the JWA, Nippon Pro Wrestling, Progressing, uh, Pro Wrestling, IWE International, then All Japan, then it was 1981 comes new japan antonio inoki steals Abdullah the butcher from new old japan and sign you know, sign him away and following month jan baba steals taiga jit Singh from new japan and sign sign him away and then sign with all japan and dick murdoch one of those guys that switched side that, at the time that from all japan to new japan same summer
1: yeah so there were quite a few big talents uh involved in this kind of 81 82 these were pretty chaotic right right like right. Like, uh,
2: oh, like dick murdoch all the tiger Chan, Lee kim doc tiger toguchi the, even people like wahoo mcdaniel from all japan to new japan um Chavo Guerrero senior the classic mm. from new japan to all japan and right. there were quite a few yeah and uh, dick murdoch decided to switch side at the time the reason i i I asked. Actually, he told me in person that why was the reason that he you wanted to switch side from old Japan to new Japan? Because I thought Jan Baba's old Japan was treating you know treating him pretty good, right? Hmm. Uh, What Dick Murdoch told me was that Sakaguchi gave me more tours. Ah, it was just (laughs) business. It was a business call. Yeah, yeah. I got seventeen weeks this year. 17 weeks is like a four months almost five months out of the year right
1: yeah and people need to realize that the japanese yen was much different of uh, value in
2: oh, the early 80s and right
1: now. i mean that's it's, a it's, lot it's of it's very
2: cheap now yeah but uh, at the time yeah yen value was really high and also Japan was the only place charging people $100 for a ringside ticket when wrestling in 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 late 70s and 80s in America was like a $20. Yeah.
1: yeah it was definitely uh um what's the approach in America you want to I feel like the old approach was to try to get everybody as many people in as you could, right? Whereas yeah. in Japan or something like St. Louis, a uh, wrestling at the Chase, there's more um, fifty-dollar ringside. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Like Twenty-dollar ringside was like considered expensive or something. Yeah. When movie was three seventy-five, right?
1: Yeah, but also around the states, things uh, certain things were cost more, cost less, and I think in Texas, right, right. twenty dollars in nineteen eighty-one. that could in wrestling business, yeah. even in America, if you were making
2: five grand a week, good money, like a great money. Oh yeah, five oh. grand a week. And John Baba, Antonio in early eighties were paying like a ten to fifteen thousand a week to American superstars. It's
1: uh, it's amazing. I wonder what the. Uh... What is yeah? Like a couple million rate? yens a week something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Okay, I'm but looking. It was, I, I just looked it up. i got to right remember, uh, it's five thousand dollars in 1981 was sixteen thousand three hundred twenty six. So about sixteen k. Oh,
2: did you calculate it? That I just I just <laughs> typed. Oh, I typed. <laughs> now, it now what? uh So yeah, okay. It's so so cheap. Yen is so really cheap right now.
1: If. uh he was getting paid dick murdoch was getting paid ten thousand yeah, dollars it was like a eight
2: thousand or something. eight
1: thousand okay let's see and that was 1981. yeah so let's see he would be getting paid today about 26k per week for per
2: 17 week. 18 weeks a year
1: of course he's gonna go to japan i mean gee, like, he could take yeah, care of the, his whole family the money and... was
2: good money was good but no headaches no polit- you know political you know, maneuvering in Japan. You just show up at the hotel lobby and get picked up by the bus and go to the arena. And the arena has, you know, like a workout, you know, you can like a workout or practice or, you know, jump rope or something. It's all there. Then you have a match. And uh, you just have a match and, and go back to, you, you get, get on the bus and back to your hotel and off to the next town. And the lifestyle was such that Dick Muraki enjoyed so much that uh, this is a paradise that I never have to worry. And sometimes I don't even have to pay for dinner. How's that? Mm. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he lasted with New Japan for a real long time. And he was one of the Booker, you know, Seiji Sakaguchi era. I see. When? Yeah. When Inoki turned politician, like in, 80, in, in the 80s, before that, like Riki Choshu and Masa Saito came, you know, uh, became more of an office, and uh, all the Americans were like Masa Saito's Americans on. Right, like that's Vader, right. Yeah, Vader, the Scott Norton, the, Brad Ranikan. Yeah, yeah, it's just like more Masa Saito, Minneapolis oriented. That American was your guys. scene. Yeah, I guess, yeah. The
1: Minnesota crew.
2: Mycy? Yeah, I guess. But uh, Dick Murdoch kind of got the pushed away, you know, a little bit, yes. you know. And uh, it was clearly written on the wall that it, it's going to be Vader, you know, to be the big guy, right? hmm Yeah. So well, he got booked less and less. But then again, uh, he, after after New Japan, he worked for Onita's FMW and the spin of uh, Wing. And uh, IWA Japan. He also works Tenru's WAR. Then uh, at the end, he was working for professional wrestling Fujiwara Gumi.
1: So he really, whenever he went, wherever he wanted to,
2: in Japan. Because if this deal's done, that the, he's free agent. Another Japanese company won't you. Yeah.
1: I think it, he also took advantage of that in the states too. I mean, when he did back to the states and he had his in the mid yeah in and, between yeah i mean they were well, all... he even worked he even worked
2: wwe with adrian adonis a little bit
1: yeah what was their name uh not the east-west connection north-south connection
2: something like that right something like that and also wcw he and dirty dickie slater was at the headliner no head something headhunter yeah. no 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 that the head uh, head honchos no that this is i i can't remember but dick murdoch and dickie slater dirty dick murdoch and dirty dickie slater was, was a team for wcw for a while
1: too oh yeah they tried to recreate it too in the 90s with bunkhouse buck remember that
2: ah okay okay very similar mm. bob Braun beer drinking guy like a yeah. fighter But uh, so he so he was working these, you know, American companies in in the States in the meantime, but basically he um, always worked in Japan and he was well liked Um, American side always worked against Japanese, but people always liked him almost like a baby face. Oh, let's and uh, also the very important uh, that the single pro- program that we cannot forget that the fourth annual IWGP tournament final was Antonio Inoki against Dick Murdoch, mm.
1: 1986. 1986, so it was. I think were Inoki uh, and Murdoch around the same age? Inoki uh, is like three years older, 1943. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, not not too far apart. So the, and but they were kind of towards the end. The, nearing the end of their careers by this point
2: yeah but they had a very senior wrestling match though mm. like a mature wrestling match not like flying you know between ropes or anything like that
1: mm, no comedy they,
2: spots yeah yeah they had you know like a colonel elbow tie up lock up to headlock to headlock to hammerlock to hammerlock back to top left lock and all these things yeah very convincing um yeah and also put dick murdoch in iwgp tournament final how well thought Dick Murdoch was for Inoki's company. That says so a lot. Think. It says a lot. Yeah, because inaugural IWGP tournament was 1983, Inoki against younger Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Hogan won and became the first champion. 84 Inoki and Hogan again. 84 and 85 Inoki against Andre the Giant. And 86 Inoki against Dick Murdoch. So see that he,
1: he was important. Yeah. Uh, we also, you know, when he, he was going into Japan, like you said, he would come back and forth, and he would appear uh, for promotions in the states. But also, when we were talking about the uh, with the, the team uh, with him and Dusty, the Texas Outlaws, they appeared in a famous movie around this to the AWA. Time. Oh, the wrestler, the wrestler,
0: yeah, yeah,
2: not the Mickey Rourke wrestler. No, right. This is the Verne Gagne. Verne yeah. Vern Gagne 1970 movie, right? Hmm yeah the wrestler yeah he appeared young rick flair in it of course billy robinson in it dick murdoch dusty rose yeah quite a few other guys were in it and even had lines you
1: know? yeah i, I remember Not just appearing
2: scene. in the background yeah
1: they were at a bar or something yeah yeah i, I remember the scene i yeah they they it's not a good movie i can't tell anybody out there listening to, to, to yeah. go if i don't if you're even interested. know
2: that the dvd existed, that the vh vhs tape existed
1: ah it's know. on youtube you could find YouTube. it.
2: youtube okay yeah. okay if you're interested out there yeah it's it's out there the wrestling. but still in back in 1970, somebody put the budget to make such a movie and the the actual motion picture
1: movie about wrestling that was pretty big very yeah yeah i mean it's I'll also, say, if you're in a movie maybe. about pro wrestling back then, yeah,
2: yeah, and not comedy, you know, type, you know, treatment, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was a pretty serious movie about wrestling, you know. But the, yeah, so he yes, Dick Murdoch was in it, right? And maybe he might have been in in a in the, in the short role as a Paradise Alley too. Terry Funk's Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh, okay. Remember, like a seventy six. Uh, the Pal- Paradise Alley, it was uh, right between Rocky One and Two. That uh, I guess Silver Stallone wanted to make a wrestling movie too. As well,
1: it yeah. was like Stallone yeah. was always uh, uh, used and admired by pro wrestling, pro wrestlers,
2: yeah, and a the good friend of Terry Funk, mm-hmm. yeah, and Hogan,
1: yeah, too. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Japanese stars at the time,
2: right? Actually, it was Terry Funk. Who recommended young Hulk Hogan for Rocky three role? Huh. Yeah, it was Terry Bad. Funk. Yeah, because uh, Sylvester Stallone was looking for somebody really big, uh, a wrestler for this charity attraction scene. And uh, maybe originally it was going to be Terry Funk's role, but the Terry Funk recommended, I know somebody, you know, it's a perfect for that role. Hmm. And he was young, young uh, Terry Blair. Uh, already hulk hogan but he was between his first wwe stint and awa yeah but that movie helped him tremendously
1: yeah he at least it seems like his his name value had to have increased at around the right time in the right
2: States. as a thunder lips
1: yeah yeah oh, oh oh with hogan yeah for
2: sure yeah yeah and yeah after 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 track but how Colgan was wearing thunder rip's gown in japan first oh yeah, in the right. back he says thunder rips yeah uh, i mean movie name yeah but the, yeah actually how Colgan and uh, Dick Murdoch toured together in Japan in early eighty eighty one eighty two eighty
1: three yeah the, it's that's interesting to think about because really to me they i feel like they're such different wrestlers.
2: Yeah, but they were in the same dressing room, probably oh, yeah, 15 yeah. weeks out of the year. I mean, in terms of style,
1: in, in terms of yeah, inside yeah. the ring, they're, too, they're so different. But, um,
2: well, at the, at around the same time, Abdul The Butcher and Hulk Hogan was in the same dressing room. Sure,
1: yeah. sure. With, with Dick Murdoch, it, it, it's hard to... I mean, it, you should go out and watch Dick Murdoch's work, because he was... I can't, there's nobody really to compare him to these days. Does the best. I think he does the best working punch. Yeah. 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 Better than Terry Funk? Better than Jerry Lawler?
2: Uh, They're up there. They're Mm. up there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, you just said Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk, of course, but Mm -hmm. the same craft. Yes. You know, the old-fashioned, you know, Lyra's feather working punch punch but looks great thing it was an art right yes and uh, yeah they came out of the same era yes uh terry funk and dick murdoch of course yeah
1: murdoch also was somebody who could throw a pretty beautiful trap kick
2: for that size of guy and uh yeah and uh standing flying head scissors yeah not touching
1: anybody you know, <laughs> before the the yeah, times of Frankensteiners, there was the flying head scissors. Head scissors, right, right.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. Scott Steiner's, you know, Frankenstein changed the whole mode or whole, you know, I guess that the whole mechanical, you know, wrestling mm. there. But uh, until then, yes, Dick Murdoch and Red Bastine's flying head scissors was uh, like a really, really beautiful move. Mm. And he was doing that to Giant Baba. He was doing that to uh, Jambotsura with New Japan. He was doing that to uh, Fujinami and and Inoki. Yeah, So... uh, Almost 300 pounds. Yeah. And uh, sometimes, you know, American superstar working New Japan and Old Japan, Old Japan and New Japan, and it's the same wrestler, but some guys look better with Old Japan, and some guy looks better with New Japan. For Dick Murdoch, he worked exactly the same.
1: That's interesting. He didn't have to. Isn't it though? Alter, he didn't have to change his. Uh, you know, sometimes it he was just, just being himself. Style.
2: Yeah, like uh, you, you and I talked about that the calf branding, right? He yes. was doing perfect calf branding to Fujinami every time.
1: Whereas <laughs> you have somebody like we talked about last week, Adrian Adonis, who could work. Oh, he does that who, too. Yeah. But he could also be completely different. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, he could he could uh, adapt. Uh, you know, WWF, for example, he could he was a different style of wrestler where i know what you're talking about though his style of wrestling worked wherever he went which was a-
2: yeah his rhythm and mannerism yeah it
1: allowed him to work all over the world
2: yeah and and uh I hate to say like a, i hate to sound cliche but like what they call a good worker or something
1: right oh yeah but um yeah. It, it's hard to convey i guess that how valuable it was to be a- well that that's why today's
2: you know wrestling audience, that the the, uh, the listener of our podcast, has to go out there and go find Dick Murdoch's 70s match and 80s match on YouTube. That The match we just talked about, Killer Carl Cox and Dick Murdoch's single match from all Japan's mid-70s, that exists in YouTube. You can find it.
1: And I believe there are a couple of his matches on New Japan World from this time around them too.
2: Oh yeah, well definitely the IWGP tournament final, uh Dick Murdoch against Antonio Inoki, the serious one. That that mm. was a serious version of Dick Murdoch, yes. And also 1985, the year before that, he had single match in Japan against Bruce Brody, at Koraken. mm Another same size kind of guys,
1: yeah. Big guys who can move, uh, I'm sure.
2: And yeah, I I was there at the building that Bruiser Brody didn't really mess with him. (laughs) So when you
1: were there, when you saw them in the ring, how do people react uh, to, to two big Texas for wrestlers but oh I mean, that was, sure it was interesting
2: because there was a type of match that the people cannot know the outcome of it you know well oh, bruiser brody will beat dick mordack no dick Murdoch's stronger you know it's like su- suspense and and it's just like unknown territory was there actually dick Murdoch is tougher no 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 Brody is better it's like, it was perfect mm-hmm. and they did the double bloody juice thing and i don't think they had finish like double kana or double dq of sort
1: yeah very popular finish in the around that time <laughs> yeah because who can win
2: you know between well, dick murdoch and bruiser brody oh between them or five. even
1: to tenru and choshu and well,
2: of course of when the
1: stars are so big you might as well have them and stay, be protected right and it protected. wasn't
2: yeah and then it wasn't gonna be the only time they meet in the ring right if right. match is good and uh, they got over or something that uh, they'll do it again but uh, dick murdoch Dusty, uh dick murdoch bruiser brody match only happened once yeah mm-hmm. yeah they didn't do it again but uh oh there was a uh, akira maeda against dick murdoch matt in a single match a couple times
1: that's another good styles
2: splash. <laughs> Akira Maeda was already doing UWF style, kick mm. and suplex and submission only. Never run, you know, bounce off the rope. Total opposite to Dick Murdoch, what he did. Yeah, but uh, what's so smart about Dick Murdoch was, though, they're fighting outside the ring, right? And teasing Double Kana, right? Mm. But uh, they, you know, they try so hard to get back in the ring, right? And Maeda grabbed Dick Murdoch's trunks, and it's famous. Dick Murdoch never tie his tights. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and as, so th- as so they're as not. Maeda tight. grabs the, the uh, yeah never. It's always loose. You hmm. know, always you know, for some reason, and never tie. You know, easy you to know. be pulled off, you could say. And as Maeda, as serious as he was. As he grabbed Dick Murdoch's tights off, then bare ass shows in, at the Korraken Hall.
1: Uh, Maeda couldn't help himself. <laughs>
2: yeah, but uh, it just takes UWF away from him, don't you think?
1: Yeah, uh, that's how special Dick Murdoch was, I guess. He had that uh, ability to...
2: Yeah, and then also he could wrestle as as much as Maeda wanted, it, you know? And uh, there's nothing wrong with the match. And uh, I went to you know downstairs and asked Maeda how he was, and he said, "Oh, I got a good sweat, <laughs> you know, like it was a, good, I mean, good match." He actually enjoyed it. Mm. He had a lot of respect for Dick Murak. Yeah, it wasn't comedy, and also he was a tough guy, you know, and uh, he can wrestle and and do the serious style when he wanted it to. So Maeda had a lot, lot of respect.
1: I think the, yeah. maybe maybe why that worked, and I think one good reason to watch dick murdoch these days is he's a great example of a great pro wrestler who never looked like he had any choreographed things and that's head. right that's right no oh, matter I what no matter what in 19 you know
2: 1987 version of akira maida and dick murdoch i don't think they went over spots
1: of course yeah of course not i mean so yeah, i mean like an
2: old-fashioned pro wrestler they probably call you know call it in the ring yeah you go they have to. Hmm. And also they, well, Dick Murak spoke some Japanese, like good enough to go in the bar and order your own drink and food. Wow. But not quite conversational, right? Sure. And same as Maeda's English, she can, you know, communicate, but not in details, right? So I think they just went in and, and, and worked.
1: Wrestling is the uh, the lingua franca. Wrestling is the the language that they had to use. Of
2: course, of course. So it's interesting, uh, in hindsight, almost that you 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 go find uh, Akira Maeda against Dick Murdoch single match on YouTube or something. It's out there, yeah, and uh, it's a very interesting match. So Dick Murdoch against Jumbo. Dick Mordak against Baba, Dick Morak against Killer Carl Cox, Dick Morak against Maeda, Dick Morak against Bruiser Brody, and IWGP final, uh, Anthony Noki match. It's all important. Or Dick Mordak, Adrian is a tag team. Great tag team. They, yeah, so lot, lots, lots of tapes. And that's probably why, you know, the guy, the generation younger than the real Dick Murdoch, WWE named one person, Trevor Murdoch. And he's still Trevor Murdoch.
1: Hmm. does look like him. He does resemble Oh, face? Yeah. Oh, God, yes.
2: And uh, it was a tale that uh, in 1996... Uh, he was still living in Amarillo Canyon area, and he was trying to have like local wrestling called Blast from the Past. Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? Blast from the Past Wrestling. Okay. That's got like a rhyming.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Blast from the Past is a, is a regular uh, idiom. Yeah, yeah, right. like got joking. Uh, fr- uh, the Blast from the Past
2: Wrestling in, in Amarillo, Texas, it was uh, rodeo and wrestling together in the same oh, show
1: very interesting
2: very texas right yeah yeah and then he one night he was having a meeting okay two months before that uh about a month before that he had final tour with uh japan uh that was professional wrestling Fujiwara Gumi Dick Murdoch against Fujiwara in single match it's another uh, very different oh, interesting. Huh? it sounds yeah. interesting huh mm. I think the video exists somewhere I must. that uh as he went back to Narita Airport, he called Fujiwara. He enjoyed it so uh, that uh, he called Fujiwara's, you know, house or, or office. That uh, he called Fujiwara. They talked on the phone. Said, Fujiwara, "I had a real good time. Let's do it again." And then Fujiwara said, "Yes, sir. Let's do it again." Right? Because they enjoyed each other. Match, wrestling match. Hmm. That was June. Uh, oh, that was a May of 1996, and one month later dick murdoch passed away very young i mean only 39 f- years old just couple couple 49? months i think it's be-
0: 49
2: no 1996 though
1: 1996 he was born in 1940 so he'd be 49 but almost 50 right oh okay but the f-
2: two months before his 50th birthday
1: yeah, yeah i mean i re- so around this i when i first ever saw dick murdoch i was a kid i was me 10 uh, he was yeah. in royal rumble 1995
2: right WWF short very short
1: stay and this is another example of how dick murdoch could just work can be in
2: wwf environment whomever.
1: and i remember he was I, I i was thinking to myself like wow this guy uh doesn't look like the other guys in the ring right now and he I remember he lasted in the oh, ring for a n- long time doesn't look like anybody in there in there he looked like he was from uh, the old school and he mm-hmm. and he's still he was st- and something like the royal rumble is a great uh, example of watching him do all of his tricks you know his uh yeah yeah his, his, his like the the headlock stuff Punching,
2: the, the elbow punch, big elbow stuff to the
1: yeah to the comedy, top of the head yeah Kind of goofy spots, uh, the heel uh, spaghetti, spots, spaghetti legs. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or sit on ass kind of thing. Bump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. So so he could walk into WWF and does his stuff, and it still works. Mm. And uh, back to pass from the a blast from the past wrestling that the rodeo and wrestling together. Yes. One night he was having a meeting cause he was a promoter. He was going to be a promoter and they, they actually ran a couple shows and that night he said, I'm going home early. You know, I mean, like a, you expect Dick Murdoch to stay in bar and drink more. Right. Hmm. But that night he went home early. Oh, right, see you guys later. Right. Then he went home. He didn't even change clothes he laid on the couch and slept and he was gone Ugh. sad yeah well it's like yeah i heard he didn't even change his clothes he just laid on the couch as he came home and that was it for him um yeah just a month later after you know final tour and he made total of 54 tours it depends on how he counted you know sometimes he stayed in japan between tours because he was there back to back so he decided not to go home but the, it depends on how he counted but he was in japan 54 or 55 tours but lot. he was still that's a lot but he was telling me or telling people that uh, i've been here a couple hundred times <laughs> <laughs> he well, felt the- like it right sure sure yeah,
1: yeah, and uh, so uh, after he'd spent all those years in Japan, among the 48 years, among the pro wrestling fans, there, what was what would you say their impression or overall image of, of Dick Murdoch? Oh, was?
2: like uh, uh, the fan was yelling at you know Murdoch, come back soon, you know, mm. like the end of the tour it was like a small palace show, right? Mm. And he has, you know, if he's not, not a main event, he still works like a third from top. And again, somebody in the Dick Murdoch's like, heel American, but still very popular. It's like, Come back again soon. People are, you know, just, just saying it and uh very likable in Japan. Yeah. And he picked up language and, uh, he didn't look like bodybuilder, but he was always in shape and happy. And you're, yeah, well, of course, Japanese wrestling fan always loved cowboys, right? From mm. your Terry Funk, Dory Funk, to Stan Hansen, to we had more cowboys. Dick Morak was complete Texan, too. Mm. Yeah, yeah
1: he, w- he wasn't a bodybuilder, but he was, he was a wrestler. It was pretty clear. Maybe more like a tall sumo wrestler looking, huh? Sure, yeah, kind of. Kind of yeah. like a slim yeah. sumo wrestler. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And he enjoyed the culture and you know, people, everybody in wrestling fan knew about it and how he goes to Japanese bars, not the Western American looking bars, but he wanted to go to Izakaya and have like a Kirin beer or a Sapporo beer or Ebisu beer or something like that. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So he was, uh, yeah, favorite, was always stayed in main event status. And yeah, it was like that so yeah so that was my dick murdoch story because
1: yeah you no, know, i was gonna say it's um it, it was cut short you know uh, i think so yeah young,
2: uh, very young yeah he could go five more years maybe
1: yeah
0: it was yeah. in shape
1: oh yeah um I, the the legacy i guess the legacy is i mean trevor murdoch isn't his real son but that's the the last uh kind of artifact yeah
2: baseball been. cap and flannel shirt and yeah mm.
1: yeah but um if you want to learn James about he, learning of you They feel like you can learn so much from dick murdoch because he's a wrestler the video yes because when you look at what he does is he, he doesn't do all that much it's how he uh, works. not either.
2: like today's spectacular moves no
1: no he you know he could go for minutes, maybe even hours, just throwing punches. Like you said, the, the way he threw a punch was uh, fun to watch. And by the time uh, the match is towards the end, there's blood yeah, everywhere. And, and,
2: and some comedy-looking bumps.
1: Yeah, and I think that, that it, it's less like uh, the feeling you get from a wrestling match. And it's, you, you can kind of believe that you're watching this brawl because you're watching this... And
2: also the way that the, the faces he make. Very expressive
1: very expressive
2: yeah very animated the way he holds his own nose like oh it hurts you know Mm. just expressions
1: when he's angry when he looks at his own fist before he throws a punch you know
2: sure sure and he was usually taller than your opponent yeah
1: yeah so yeah it's it's very interesting to to and
2: you can still watch Dick Murdoch's man, you know, old, you know, old videos from seventies and eighties. Mm. You can really learn a lot from it.
1: YouTube, Daily Motion, and then New Japan World are the, probably the best <laughs> New ways World, to watch in probably, Japan. World, probably, yeah.
2: And the YouTube, yeah, you can find a lot. You know, because the what, what's not on New Japan World is, is they're like old Japan footage, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's like people should not forget about dick murdoch there was once upon a time there was a great wrestler his name was dick Murdock. Mm. and he was in japan a lot
1: i had a yeah. big impact and was a regular on the japanese wrestling scene for years yeah
2: yeah i felt like i grew up watching him
1: mm. which then is then funny then, yeah. because people over here had the same feelings but watching him in the states yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah. yes he, he was a memorable character
2: yeah never was a world heavyweight champion but he never wanted to be, you know. He could have been, but uh he just wanted to have his way,
1: I guess. Hmm. Yeah. It seems that way. Okay, so if fans that or anybody that's listening out there that has if we have questions about Dick Murdoch, how can we reach you on
2: or like- for that matter any wrestler or right. any era or the historical event or history is period. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just send me Message on Fumi on Facebook or at Fumihiko Dayo F U M I H I K O D A Y O on Twitter.
1: And on Twitter, I'm at Justin M Nipper K N I P P E R. You can reach us there. So that's it, Dick Murdoch. So until next yeah, time. yeah, I got
2: so excited, I got oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost got the, <laughs> tired talking about it. Just go. Woof.
1: Well, you yeah. know, it's it's I, I'm interested and I like learning about how he was such a regular star in japan m- not to many people's knowledge over in the states you know it's right. it's interesting to think about you almost had two different lives it's it, people yeah if you don't if you don't know about it people don't think this part of their lives exists so therefore pretty much overlooked by now but um. we do the, the one positive thing i guess we can say is there's a chance to to revisit and and discover yeah. and learn and i'm sure these days if you're a young talent and you're watching wrestling and you watch dick murdoch out there there's probably a lot you could pull from that because <laughs> yeah. i think his style is very timeless kind of style yeah. Agious, timeless, timeless yeah I, mm-hmm. i'm sure if he was uh, alive and uh able to wrestle the way he did back then now i'm sure he could have just as so a still worse
2: yeah. yeah
1: you know because uh, uh, of the style so
2: yeah it doesn't get old
1: all right so Check everything out. Check uh, Dick Murdoch out. But until next time, Fumi, take it away. So long from Tokyo.